This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. That'll teach you to get drunk and hit on Transformers. This week on Dueling Review, we review Micronauts number one, written by Colin Bunn with art by David B- uh, Baldion. 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 They came from a dying universe. First, Acro first. Year, Space Glider, Biotron, and their allies are back on the run from the evil Baron Karza and blasting through a universe where magic and science vie for control. With resources dwindling, the long lost time travelers may hold the key to salvation. But will it mean Armageddon for our world? Probably not, but sure. Uh, did you ever play with the Micronauts when you were a kid, Matthew? I had a cousin yeah, who had the big, giant Micronaut uh, battleship. Oh, okay. The thing that looked like the Millennium Falcon, but you could take it apart, and like parts of it were little toy guns that went pew, 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 and parts of it could be built into little additional toys. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the whole point of all the Micronauts, is that you could disassemble them and connect them into form other things. I had one Micronaut figure. What'd you have? It was given to me by my grandmother. And for years, I didn't even know what it was. I think I got it for my birthday when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So this would have been 77. It was an orange, uh, semi-transparent time traveler figure. Ooh. And I had that forever. I had that for a really long time. And I was I always thought it was cool because his chest could pop out and you could take his hands and feet off and do some cool things. And of course, it was flexible. Uh, You know, it it had better universal joints than your Star Wars figures did. So it was kind of a cool figure to have around. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I had thrown away the wrapping from my birthday or whatever it was. And um, so I had no idea for years what this was until maybe about, I don't know, 10 years ago where I was doing a search. I was like, what is that toy? Oh, my gosh. I think it was the same year that I got my little toy wind up robots that you can see uh, the robot overlord. That's cool. Uh, they're on the site. I think I got those both the same year for Christmas gift, or I'm sorry, birthday gift from my uh, grandmother, from my grandparents. So I have no idea what, what Micronauts are about. I didn't read the uh, comic book series from Marvel back mm-hmm. in the day. So this is my first experience with, with true Micronauts and their knowledge. And I'm not sure I know what's going on here. The, uh, the original Japanese toy line, Microman, part of them became part of the original waves of Hasbro Transformers in 82. Mm, okay. Transformers were actually made up of three different play sets. There was uh, the Microman, there was the Diaclone, and there was the one whose name always escapes me. So I suppose if you had, you know, some Transformers that were of the Microman line, and I'm trying to remember which one came from the Microman. I, I don't want to say because then I'll, people will be like, no, you're stupid. But I want to say that... Some of the Microman toys were the ones like the Dinobots that looked like they had little seats for guys oh, to pilot yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things with this is um, when I was doing some research, like they, they had these horses like the centaurs and things mm-hmm. that you could take your guys apart and you could put them on and turn them into centaur men and horses mm-hmm. and all these kinds of things. So, yeah, and there was a galactic cruiser and stuff. I never had I didn't have any of the vehicles. All I had was that orange transparent time traveler guy. Right. 
and I had knew nothing about him except his arms and legs would come off and I could pop out his chest plate if I wanted, but I yeah. rarely did, but I just make him always stand in the corner in weird poses during my Star <laughs> Wars battles. Yes, all the all the heroes hang out together regardless of which land they come from. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what are th- I mean, what's the story about the Micronauts? What's the story in this comic book, I guess, is where in- we should start out because <laughs> I got to tell you I'm confused. In this comic book, we are basically starting out somewhere in space. Now, somewhere the comic, in space. The Marvel comic was actually set in the microverse, which is a a shrunken world. I'm pretty sure that's where this is set at, isn't it? Well, they don't it, they don't actually say it, as far as I can tell. And I'm wondering okay. some of the specific concepts. That Marvel, uh, well, I don't want to say Marvel, that Bill Mantlo created for Marvel, for the, the book, are actually owned by Marvel. I believe oh, the okay. Enigma Force and the Microverse and, of course, some of the character names. Uh, the Space Glider in that book was a different guy. And I think Bug, but I can't say for sure, Okay, were part of Marvel's Micronaut series. This takes place in space. All right. Sort of. Yeah. Where there's a, a a rebellious guy who's clearly not Han Solo. Or or he's not, uh, what's his name, from Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's right. what I got he's a vibe Star-Lord. from. Right, he's not Star-Lord. He's not Star-Lord. Osrion Ryle, his friends call him Oz, and he has one of the last remaining genetically engineered super warriors, and I've always said Acro-Year. I keep hearing people say a Croyer. That's weird, because I would say Acro-Year as well. So would I. And, of course, he also has a Biotron unit, which uh, Biotron is one of the, the major things. Who is his, his kid sidekick wasn't, pilot? Wasn't Biotron that uh, horrible little thing that they added in the uh, English adaptation <laughs> of uh, Battle of the Planets? No, that was Seven Zark Seven. <laughs> same but thing, yeah, right? Same thing, right? <laughs> Biotron was actually the seventh or eighth series of uh, Power Ranger Super Sentai. No. Oh, okay. That was Bioman. It's right. a different thing. And, of course, he has a friend who has stolen, I mean – procured a space glider suit mm-hmm. which is a really great design and they are basically mercenary goober goobers who run around the world trying to make money but again clearly not han solo no and the, there is a big star wars vibe here and the main oh, wow because you know, the think, weird thing is well okay main reason is because why cullen bunn mm-hmm. who writes this book mm-hmm is one of the people who has been a major contributor to Marvel's latest Star Wars series. Uh, okay, because I was going to say, for me, this has a super weird Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. In a lot of ways, Guardians of the Galaxy has kind of a Star Wars vibe. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Micronauts came out in 77. Right. Which would have been the same time when Star Wars Fever uh, was all, Star all, Wars all crazy. Fever. Um. Yeah, listen, listen, kids. If you've not heard the Star Wars disco theme song, but, you need to go. You need to go look it up. It's super crazy. So it's terrible. Here's here's terrible. here's my problem that I had with the store. So uh, their boss basically mm-hmm. sends them on a mission to go get some meds from mm-hmm. this, um, I guess, sciency place, sciency station. That's- a science station outpost thing where supposedly they're working on biomedical research. Right. But unfortunately, the uh, the war machine people have decided to blockade it. So, yeah, it's very much uh, episode one of Star Wars. Yeah. And so and- Star-Lord decides to zap in 
Oz. And um, he and his team were going to infiltrate this station and, and steal the meds and get them out to the planets that need them before this mysterious uh, entanglement comes and destroys these worlds. The entropy spike. Unfortunately, when they get onto the, uh, to the space station, it's full of warbots. Yep. Warbots in the command of Baron Karza. And remember, is he because he's somewhere else? Baron Karza without Darth Vader. Oh, but he's I somewhere else. Are. Oh, yeah, no, there's definitely a, a definite strong Darth Vader vibe from Karza. I mean, if you don't get that from from checking this guy out, then I mean, I mean, that, and again, this is these are all based on the toys, because even some of the, the designs of the suits like um, Acro Gear has that on his shoulders, has that kind of universal joint that the the uh, the Micronaut figures had way mm-hmm. back in the day. So when I see that, I recognize that as as coming from that. But right. again, I don't re- I don't remember any TV commercials for any of these things. I don't remember the sarcophagus guy. I remember seeing something about the centaur people being able to switch them around with the horses. But right. Baron Karza is one of the centaur people. So yeah. you can take his body and move it around. And of course, when the bots start uh, fighting and get damaged, they actually call it out by name. Right. Oh, no, the bots are interchanging. They're mm-hmm. rebuilding themselves, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the whole Micronauts thing. So yeah. the technology of this universe is based on Micronauts toys, mm-hmm. which they I do, think is fine. They uh, do find a Biotron. And mm-hmm. while they're in there, they discover, oh, no, this is not a, a medical station. This is a giant war station. Biological warfare. And then half the station blows up and um, we cut to stay tuned next week. <laughs> same micro time, same micro channel. It does say at the uh, at the teaser for issue two, it says journey through microspace. Okay. So it's not the microverse, yeah. but it is microspace, which makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I was, I don't know. I was super confused by this issue, to be honest with you. It really does throw you in. And I. this is the important bit. I have the original Marvel Micronauts series. Mm-hmm. This is not it. Knowing that will not necessarily help you, except in the broad strokes of the story, in that it takes place somewhere in the micro universe and there's was, a bad guy. Was the main guy, guy in uh, the Micronauts thing, was he also called Oz? No. What was his name? Oh, God, you would ask me let that. Me, let me see if I can see here. Written by Mi- Bill uh, Mantlo. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first one was... Uh, Michael Golden was the artist. Ray Coffin. The, the space glider was Arcturus Ran. Okay. And there was Microtron and Biotron. And, of course, Marionette, who oh, is here almost we go. certainly uh, a Marvel here character. Here uh, Commander mm-hmm. Arcturus Ran... Arcturus ran. Arcturus. Uh, Arcturus. Biotron, his robot pilot. Um, Karza is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Princess, is Princess there. Mari of Homeworld. Right. And Marionette. Princess Argon. Mm-hmm. And there that's what it looks bug. like. Oh, and Bug. Yeah, the Warriors are Acro Year and Bug. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And I'm pretty sure that Marvel still owns Bug because Bug is a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, okay. Well, that's probably it then. Yeah. And then, of course, there was Firefly, there was Devil, and there were other guys who were, you know, guys. But it's a Bill Mantlo joint, so it's really wacky, and I highly recommend it. But I, th- there are enough changes here that knowing that is not going to help you 
in getting through this story. And it's not a difficult story really to follow. It's actually relatively solid. They tell you a lot of what you need to know in terms of the plotting Mm -hmm. of this issue. So it's not hard to follow what's going on. But there's a lot of context that I think we're expecting to build up. Well, it's interesting because not only was there the Marvel series and Image Comics there in 2002, it ran for mm-hmm. 11 issues, was Image Comics did Micronauts, and then mm-hmm. Devil's Due did it in 2004. Right. But it doesn't look like these were all, you know, they were all um, right. not supposed to be continuations of stories. No, they're not. And the reason why is that Hasbro owns many of the concepts. Hasbro mm-hmm. owns Biotron, Microtron, Hasbro owns Space Glider. But many of the concepts in that Marvel book were created by Mantlo as work for hire for Marvel, so they still own, they're still owned by Marvel. Yeah, and boy, tell you what, it's going to be so interesting now that Hasbro is doing that uh, integrated universe. Right. Because Micronauts, well, G.I. Joe, Transformers, ROM. And think about this. All those ROM, guys are all in the same area. ROM is in the same boat. When ROM comes out, Marvel still owns virtually all of ROM's backstory. Because Marvel still owns Planet Galador, Marvel created all of those concepts, and the other Space Knights, they can still use. They just don't own ROM. Yeah, that's going to be so interesting. This new ROM story is probably going to have to do what they did here, where it's not the microverse, it's the microspace. Here's the thing. There was a thing that we were talking about the other day, about this hot rumor that I've been hearing about a certain movie studio owner Mm -hmm. of all properties looking to buy a certain toy company owner of all properties that if they did that, this whole issue with ROM would be moot. Except that, except that the only monkey in that, uh, the only wrench in that uh, thing is that Paramount and Hasbro are working together on this, on this movie. <gasps> oh man, you're killing me now. And conspiracy I, theories abounding. Well, well, I mean, there you go. I mean, it would clear up so many of the problems, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, saying that Cullen Bunn wrote a horrible uh, story or a horrible issue here because mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I'm just super confused on who these people are and mm-hmm. what their story is. And I think maybe we're going to get that as the story builds perhaps. But mm-hmm. right now, I mean, they try to develop a little bit saying, oh, you're, you're Oz, you're from this uh, Pharaoh race and, uh, and Acro Year is one of my long lost final guys. And as you said, Glider <laughs> stole these things and she's always mm-hmm. there as backup. So and I, her I name guess is we, like Philophomenomena or something. And, and we kind of get a lot of that going on here. But as far as, I don't know, I had, when I was going through this, I'm like, how does this relate to Micronauts? There's no interchangeable parts or any of this stuff. And I was just super confused as, as to what was going on. The Even this whole thing with the, the strands that are going out and destroying the worlds. Yeah, the thing that's difficult is that when you come into a book like this, we the readers don't necessarily know what they do and don't own. Right. So if you came into this and you're like, I sure do hope that I can see some bug in here and there isn't any bug and I don't think there's going to be any bug. Right. It's going to be a different experience. And I feel like what they've what they've really done and you know this is something that's very 80s very late bronze age is they've taken the toy line and the basic concepts and they've created a storyline around it much as marvel created you know megatron and optimus prime almost from whole cloth much as marvel created most of the backstory for gi joe and cobra mm-hmm. it was something where the company was was like hey we have these toys 
you're going to write stories about them. Mm-hmm. Go nuts. Well, uh, so on the on the plus side, I, you know, I give IDW credit for for keeping their relationship with Hasbro going because they do have GI Joe and Transformers and mm-hmm. what other freaking toy lines do they have? The My Little Pony, Gem, Gem, and the Holograms. Yeah. Um, Rom Has- is coming. Rom is coming out in a month or two. From Hasbro IDW. has a lot of stuff. I think Hasbro has uh, Parker Brothers. I don't know. They have Parker Brothers. Maybe they do. Yeah. I mean, against, they have the whole Wizards of the Coast thing. It's just going to be a boardwalk uh, video game. <laughs> so, you know, I, I give IDW credit for that. But, you know, at least when I go down the toy aisle at my store, even though it's not the best store in the wo- world to be looking at toys, I can still see G.I. Joe and Transformers and My Little Ponies. And, um, Mm -hmm. I I guess there's some gym stuff. I haven't looked down in that aisle for a while, but I knew that, uh, (laughs) I knew that they had some gym action or some gym doll things, uh, not too long ago, but my God, I have not seen micro knots in decades since 77. So I, I don't know. It's, this is really preying upon the nostalgia of people of our age. I think to some degree, yes, it may also be. A little bit of synergy, because the way I understand it, there are Micronauts to be bought. Okay. I may be wrong on this, but I had thought that Micronauts were coming back kind of, you know how Transformers these days are, here's some awesome wacky Transformers for the kids, and then here's the line that shows you the cartoon Transformers that the old people grew up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, and you know, people will correct us if we're wrong, uh, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, but <laughs> I think that the plan is to do both, to try and introduce it to the new audiences and the new kids will be like, cool, magnetic toys with interchangeable parts. And also the old dudes who are like, where's Bug? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. So it's just odd that Micronauts is coming out. The same way that it's odd that ROM is coming out, unless, again, because of this whole universe, Shared all one universe, universe thing yep. that Paramount and Hasbro are doing that they're trying to introduce us reintroduce us to these characters in comic book form so that when it comes out into the movies or wherever that they're coming out from, people aren't going, Oh, okay. I don't know. What'd you think? So I don't know. Uh, what did you think of the art of this in this book? I am not a fan of the art in this. How book. come it feels a little bloopier, a lot, a little more elongated, it's a, lo- a, little a little bit more, more fluid. Yeah. A little more cartoony than mm-hmm. I'm happiest with. Um, I don't remember who did it, but recently we did a Voltron book where I, I had the same sort of feedback is the art is solid. It's not as though the storytelling is bad. There's just kind of a cartooniness and a round, elongated, bubbly, almost a Bigfoot cartoon aspect that doesn't necessarily jibe with the high science fiction wackery. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of I dig it. I, I kind of like that fluid motion. A little mm-hmm. bit, and I'm okay with the the curves and everything. Of course, I'm a fan of Humberto Ramos, and um, that's true. That does and, help. And uh, um, who's the other one that kind of draws in his style? Uh, the Moy Brothers are kind of uh, fall into this category a little bit uh, with some of their uh, character designs. Yeah. So I'm I was okay with the art in this. I thought it was kind of good. Um, uh, not kind of good. I, I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at times, I thought that there may have been a little bit too much to read on the page. Mm, too much wordy. Yeah, just in just a touch that kind of but I mean the art and the word balloons work together fairly well on this. Mm-hmm. Um 
but it's just me being totally unfamiliar with who any of these people are and being dropped in the middle of the story just had me confused. So, but I, but well, I, I, I like the art, but, um, when you mention word balloons, I actually have some issues with word balloon placement mm. in the issue specifically as it comes to what, what is there a specific page or panel? There are actually a couple of them. Uh, one, Space Glider's real name is apparently Fenelope. Mm-hmm. And every time her name shows up, it's too long to fit in the balloon, oh, so, so it's hyphenated. Oh, so they just it to Fen? Yeah. It, it, it's hyphenated. It's like Fenella hyphen fee. And uh. while that's fine, you know, that is perfectly valid grammatically and structurally, it really is confusing. Many of the balloons are butting up against the tops and edges of panels. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, if you're actually the one that I'm looking at right now is just as they're approaching the space station. Okay. Um, the girl with the stripey outfit, whose name escapes me, is saying something, but her word balloon has to jump all the way around and arc around where Oz is standing. And it's actually the word balloon is butted right up against her elbow. And it's just, I mean, it's one of those things where it's really subtle. It's not as though you. Bad lettering can hose a book. The lettering in this book is solid, but the placement of the balloons yeah. sometimes is I, actually working I, against. I the, see that. I see the job. reason. I see the reason why you're saying that. But the, I think the reason why that one has to wrap all the way around because if you place them anywhere else, you're going to be covering up these characters, mm-hmm. and you can't be covering up seven seven dot seven there in the foreground. And that's. I think that's a that's a weakness of story and art working mm-hmm. together. If mm-hmm. there's if there's words to be done, I feel like the balloon placement needs to somehow be part of that layout when you put it together. But again, mm-hmm. it, that's one of those things that is kind of a high level, oh, once I analyze, you know, and I'm sitting back and I'm like, okay, I've got the story and I know what I'm doing and I feel like where I am. You can look at specific panels and specific things and kind of tear them apart and be hypercritical. But yeah. there are points where the the art is really lovely, but the placement of the balloons and the way they are. And it, as you said, the amount of stuff in those balloons can be detrimental to the story. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe the too many words on the page thing is actually a question of the way the balloons are laid out and the way they're, they're butted. Maybe. I've been... Maybe I've been listening to Kurt Busick talk about lettering the last couple of weeks, and he makes some fascinating points that I've never considered, but now I can't unsee. So mm-hmm. thanks, Kurt Busick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mad at you. Well, in the uh, in the back where they give you a rundown, I think I, there's a, a lot of extra material in this book where they tell you a little bit about the Micronauts. They have a bunch of of uh, pages of sketches of the characters' designs. They have. I'm glad um, they had that too. Yeah, so was I. They even have a little script and how it breaks down onto the page. But the one thing that I found super, super useful was, hey, here are all the characters and here's what their deal is. Mm-hmm. Here's their name and a little, guess, you know, guess what? bio. Guess what? Put that at the front of the book, right inside the front cover. Right? That would have helped out tremendously. And then tell us how to pronounce a croyer. Acroyer. Yeah, him. Because what's an, an acro? acro? What's an acro? Uh, an acro is when you come into a video game and you make people really mad at you. No, that's aggro. Oh. Acro is a dance style of a, uh, that combines classical dance techniques with the precision of acrobatic elements. It's defined by its athletic character, its unique choreography, which seamlessly blends dance and acrobatics and its use of acrobatics in a dance context. I think, 
I think acro has to do with space, like acrophobia or yeah. acrobatics. So, yeah, so acro, uh, let's see, entomology, pointed, first, high, from ancient Greek, highest at the uh, extremity. And mm-hmm. you know what? He is kind of pointed and peaked at the highest of his extremity. So I would say <laughs> acro here. And it takes almost 365 days to draw him. Yeah. Um, what's oh. the bottom line on this issue, Matthew? This is a maybe for me. I feel like it's one of those books that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing about it that I find really off-putting, but it doesn't it doesn't grab me. It doesn't heavily connect with me to the point that I absolutely need to know more about Fenelope and Oz. And I don't have a a real emotional connection to the property where I'll follow Transformers or I'll follow G.I. Joe based on my feelings for Transformers or G.I. Joe, and even that hasn't been 15 years, but that's neither here nor there. It's one of those books where I feel like if you love Cullen Bunn, if you love what he does with space opera, definitely you're Or in. what he's doing with uh, Six Gun. Yeah, and if you're, if you're somebody who definitely loves kind of a Star Wars thing or loves anything and everything related to the Micronauts, then this is probably for you. I feel like this issue is just wobbly enough for me that if I was gonna if I was gonna star it, it'd be right down the middle. If I was gonna meatloaf it, it'd yeah. be right down the middle. I, it'd be something where it's a it's a quality book, it's a good book, but it's not an outstanding book for me, and it's not really one that I'm going to want to specifically come back and check on unless, you know, something amazing happens and everybody says, dude, you gotta read Micronauts number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baron I'm gonna, Carson. I'm gonna have to agree a, with you. I'm gonna, I, I have to just again give it middle of the road for me it's not a horrible book it's mm-hmm. just not one that strikes out to me and of course this issue doesn't have the time travelers in it so i don't have that connection with any of these other people because i didn't have the toys so you know going into this i'm super confused it has this vibe of uh of star wars meets guardians of the galaxy and rightfully so uh but i just there was nothing here that super compelled me and i, I the writing is good. The art is good. But just for me, I was less than impressed. And I, I think, again, if you're, as Matthew said, if you're a Micronauts fan or a Toyline fan or a Cullen Bunn fan or a fan of the artist um, whose name I butchered earlier on. David Baldeon, I believe. Yeah, I, just pick it up and just pick it up and read it. Um, there's nothing wrong with the book. It's mm-hmm. just it didn't it didn't hit it for me. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's it's solid, it's it's well done, but it's mm-hmm. just not maybe it's just not for us. Maybe, maybe. we're not. I mean, but we are the target market. <laughs> we nah. are the target audience of this. We were the nah. ones that were still alive when those toys came out all those 45 years ago. See, that's the thing about it. We presume that we're the target audience, but you know, I, they don't want us. I, they want the young folk. They want the hip Tumblr crowd. This isn't this isn't for the hip Tumblr crowd, then. This is for the Jack Kirby crowd. Jack Kirby Tumblr crowd. Yeah. All right. Next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Baltimore Empty Graves number two. Ooh. Beasts of Burden, What Cat Dragged in One Shot. I'll uh, never be oh. your pizza burn. Uh, the Boy. Mm-hmm. Actually, <laughs> Boom Studios, thanks a lot. I think it's Boom Studios doing this. Actually brought home a Grumpy Cat comic uh. today. No, that he had ordered it. So it was one of their trade volumes. He had ordered it through his book club, Grumpy Cat and Pokey. And he and the sidekick were just laughing all the way home every time they look at Grumpy Cat. So 
Comic books sold to kids. Definitely the target market there. Uh, Dark Horse also has Hellboy in Hell number nine out next week. Uh, DC Comics has Batman and Robin trade paperback uh, Robin Rises. Batman Beyond number 12. Bloodlines number two Forsaken. I think this is the one where the alien snaps the guy in the back of his head and he suddenly loses his sight, but he can see in the dark. <laughs> Geist. Yes. Flash number one. Uh, nice. Green Arrow number 52. Legend of Wonder Woman number five. Oh, for a minute, I thought that said Knight Rider. Midnighter number 12. Knight Rider. I don't know if that would work as a comic book. A, a quiet journey into the life of a man would, who would, does not would, exist. Would Knight Rider work as a comic book? Oh, yeah. You think? Yeah. Uh-huh. The thing about it is it'll never be Hasselhoff, so your likeness rights will be an issue. But, yeah, if you could get somebody who could draw cars, you get somebody in there like the guy who uh, was drawing that uh, Rivers of London thing a couple oh, yeah, of months yeah, yeah. ago. Uh-huh. Somebody who always draws Kit well. Oh, yeah. You could do it. You could even do it retro. You could do it set in the 80s. Oh, boy. Oh, that's kind of the way to do. You'd have to do that. With the, but like that Kat. dynamite book that we did, the dynamite book with Shaft. Yeah. You can do that same thing in the 80s only with Michael Knight. Well, and it wouldn't be Shaft, but you know what I'm saying. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shaft in Knight Rider. <laughs> It'd be Cam Shaft is what it would be. It'd DC be Comics Rider. has uh, Scooby-Doo team-ups number 16 and Unfollow number 7. Joke. IDW Publishing has Three Devils, Amazing Forest number 5. That's an anthology series. Uh, Hot Damn, number two. G.I. <laughs> Joe, A Real American Hero, number 228. Dun, dun, uh, My dun, Little Pony. Dun, 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 I should have just listed dun. Here's all the Here's all the Hasbro titles coming out next week from IDW Publishing. Uh, let's see. Um, G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hasbro. Or is that Mattel? Ye- well, I think Hasbro owns it now. So uh, TMNT Allies and Enemies Trade Paperback, TMNT Enemies Old Enemies New Trade Paperback, TMNT Ongoing Trade Paperback Volume 14, Order from Chaos. So if you want that issue, I guess you have to go down to Chaos and order it. Uh, Uncle Scrooge number 14. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I told you. Order from Chaos. Uh, Hello, Chaos. I'd like to order me Uh, some uh, TMNT Ongoing number 14. Where are you, Chaos? Uh, Gadget, I want my TMNT Ongoing. I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> it's difficult to talk like this for long. Image Comics has three three Floyds of a King number one. That's Mature Reader's book. In three fact, Floyds? Most, yeah, actually, as I'm looking at this, most oh, of the Image Andy. Comics, holy crap, every single one of the Image Comics next week have a Mature Reader's tag on them. Well, sure. Except for X Generation Trade Paperback Volume 2. I think it's pronounced X. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're supposed to say, I think it's pronounced IX, or it's supposed to be the ninth generation. Um, no, but it's no, funnier. seriously. I just do the same thing every time. Come on. Pride, Pride of Joy, graphic novels, mature readers, Rat Queens number 16, which is the final issue that we're going to see of that for a while, has mature <sighs> readers on there. Um, Revival 39, Saints number eight, Sons of the Devil number seven. Saints of the Devil! There you go. <laughs> A uh, little uh, delay there on Matthew's end. Walking Dead Sorry, 154. I, was, I didn't realize you were pausing for me to do the show. <laughs> Wolf number seven. These all have mature reader tags. That's interesting. That is the first time I think I've ever seen every huh. single comic from a publisher come out with the MR tag on them. Well, maybe it's uh, it's the new way. Well, it might be. I mean, uh, image is creator. the sex criminals kind of yes. guys now. Yeah. Well, and it, it's all creator owned, so. 
if True. creators want to do that and Image thinks they can sell it, then they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna sell it. So there you go. Uh, Marvel Comics has A Force number five, or maybe it's just a Force number five. A Force to be reckoned with. <laughs> All new Inhumans number seven. Uh, Amazing Spider Man and Silk, the Spiderfly effect in number three. Spiderfly. Uh, Black Widow number three. That's Super an awesome Spider-Man. series. I need to be reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Deadpool Massacre number one. Justin. Oh, and Daredevil Punisher number one. Wow, they're playing up on on current things. Uh, if you're a big fan of the Abnet and Landing Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, Omnibus hardcover comes out for that next week for a hundred bucks. Gwynpool number zero, Howard the Duck number seven, Moon Knight number two, New Avengers number eleven, Asso, uh, Nova number seven, Punisher number one, Scarlet wow. number eight, Scarlet Witch number six. That's a different book. Yes, two different ones, Scarlet and Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch number eight has a mature readers and Scarlet Witch does not. Uh, Spider-Gwen number eight. Does whatever a spider-kin. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 number 10. Star Wars Poe Dameron number two. Poe Dameron. You know, uh, if you're looking to get some cheap comics listeners, go check out Marvel's True Believers line. Mm -hmm. They are reprints of first issues and you can get them for a dollar each so that's a great entry and it's the full issue dark horse does it as well and i forget what theirs is called uh Uh, dark horse first perhaps maybe that's what it is and there's some other people that do the same thing idw will do that where they will have first issues for bucks go go check those out uh in all the rest category 4001 ad kicks off that big summer arc from valiant entertainment action verse number four that's the big crossover at action lab entertainment um, Army of Darkness, Furious Road number three. That's not a crossover, but it certainly feels a lot like Mad Max Fury Road. Right. Uh, Bruce Lee, Dragon Rises number two. I, somebody, I, maybe I'll have to review this book because it is the weirdest freaking thing in the world. What if Bruce Lee was alive today? Yes, but he couldn't remember who he was and he has to adjust with being in modern times, but also trying to remember that he's Bruce Lee. And so this one that I read today... He and this girl, or, or I guess, a, who's friended him or whatever, is they're walking down the street, and I guess they're eating a jelly donut. And he's like, yuck, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's got this, this, and this in it. And he's like, oh, this is horrible throw, for you, and throws it in the trash and just keeps on walking. And uh, I guess that's part of his training or something. It's just a commentary on horrible food. But, uh, but if he's Bruce Lee, isn't he like 80 now? No, it's like, what if Bruce Lee never died and he's still alive? It's like... It's like but maybe he, he died in 1973 when he I know, was in but, his 30s. And I have to read. I have to read the first issue. I have to go back and read the first issue to find out how he got transported to our normal today. He was time frozen. Period. Maybe like, that's what it is. He may have done the whole Captain America thing. No, Buck Rogers, man. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, Bruce I have to read Lee that first. awakened 500 years in the future. Bruce Lee is here. He's Bruce Lee, not dead. The, the weird thing is, this is a comic that is approved by his daughter. His daughter is is totally supportive of it and um, right, Mrs. wants Lee. it to get out. But uh, I may have to review this because it is just – it's just weird. The whole concept and everything is just weird. You know, we have a podcast next Tuesday. No, I know. I don't know if I'll have time to read it by then. Um, Devolu- Devolution number four, Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, year two, number nine. There's a number of numbers for you. Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, year two, number nine, for a total of 21. 
Uh, Hinch, Bingo. Girl, Hinch Girl number seven, I'm Age number three, Invader Zim number nine from Oni Press. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Lady Death, Chaos Rules number one. Right, but you have oh, this to order is a, from them. These are special. Well, no, Chaos Rules has uh, Chaos has rules on how you're supposed to order. Right, right, they have the rules, so you, yeah, I yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Phantom number six. Regular show Phantom? number 15. Phantom. Uh, no, I think this is the Dynamite Entertainment King Features Phantom. Ah, Phantom. Cool. Oh, my God. Here's another one that somebody ought to review just so they can be punished. Sh- Smosh number one. Yeah. Has their own comic it. book. Uh, what, a, what is this? You know what? Okay. Send me a dollar and I'll review it on the podcast. I forget who is... Um, I forget who's a review, uh, who's publishing it. It might be dynamite. So we may get a copy. It sounds for, like dynamite. We may get a copy for nothing. I think it's a, either a dynamite or an IDW title. Well, let me look. Well, it wouldn't be IDW because we, it would have been listed. Uh, IDW is a gold leader. Yeah. Uh, Smosh number one comics by comicsology lists these guys as coming from dynamite entertainment. So there you go. There we go. So we will have a copy of that. In fact, you may already have a copy of that because <laughs> they send us the comics two weeks in advance. Nice. Yeah, uh, we have Vamp, Vamp Blade number four, War Stories number 18, and Woods number 22 all coming out next week. You can get a complete list over at Majorspoilers.com, but of course this is not a complete, complete list because uh, that will be finalized Monday afternoon. Next week on Dueling Review. Baltimore, Empty Graves number two, written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golan, art by Peter Bergting. Before Baltimore and company set out for Constantinople, which was Istanbul, but now is Constantinople, to hunt the blood red witch, old friends are buried and they prepare to face their own graves in their hunt for the Red King. You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important person at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you each and every day, each and every week, year after year, for 10 years running, members.majorspoilers.com. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review this week, and we will talk with you next time when you're going to hear Matthew say, Don't you give me no, 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 so... This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.